0: Okay. I'm going to turn things on Thanks, appreciate it. That's what we have in just a moment. I just want to say thanks for praying. The uh, work in on my brother's death a uh, week ago, Monday, about three o'clock in the afternoon. So I left here to head over to the East Coast Pascoal area and yeah. Uh, start doing ministry. I'm the trustee in the state. And uh, one cool thing is I I had a chance to really affirm the yeah. Can you help me in multiple ways? Like A lot oh, of people, as you know, he demonstrate know. that faith a lot of times in life. Oh well. What do you need help but with? And all his neighbors, uh, he's a godly, loving man. Never afraid. mind. I don't need help. And there's a lot of people who are just about their the <laughs> <store, laughs> I got to carry this laptop because I forgot my notes. One of my sisters-in-law said, "I want to be non-religious." And then my nephew said, Don't do anything about that cult you belong to over in Tampa. <laughs> that kind of puts a hamper on the type of message we shared on the service. But I had prayed, and you had prayed, and other people had prayed for Donna and myself. And God made very specific things in my heart that I to share. And what I want to tell you, He was faithful. And every point was shared at the message. And even the onstage came up to me afterwards and said, Thanks. That was good. And I give God the glory for that and praise his name for it. And I just want to say thank you for your prayers. It means a lot.
1: Thank you, Ricky. (laughs) Ricky's my official carrier of things. Gosh, I'm falling apart tonight. Uh, I am not going to check my Facebook while I'm talking, but I forgot my notes tonight. I printed them out, and then I left the house in a hurry. And usually I don't even use my notes, but I have like five bajillion scriptures tonight uh, that are going to be on the screen, so that will help you. But I didn't want to play Bible drill tonight and be like all over the Bible, so I'm going to use my computer if that's okay with you guys. Is that cool? Cool? Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's do this. Let's pray. And again, this is kind of more for me than it is for you, uh, but maybe for all of us so that we'll get in tune in God's word tonight. Can you guys hear me? Can you hear me? Hear me? Okay. Okay, cool. I'll talk real loud, I promise. Let's pray real quick. We'll get digging in here. Father God, thank you for for tonight. God, thank you for this place called Refuge, this thing that we do, Father. And um, Lord, we're grateful for one another. And just as I sat back there with a group of guys and just talked about life, real life, knowing that you stepped into the midst of our real life, you stepped into the junk, the mess, and you redeem us out of that, God. And you are are God with us. So God, I thank you that we can come into this place, and it is a refuge, God. We can share our struggles, our joys, our pain. And God, we can know that we're walking with one another. Father, I pray that more and more we would become that as your people. And tonight, as we dig into your word, that you would challenge us, God. You would convict us. We would walk out of here a little different than when we came in, just because we've heard your word. Not because we've been entertained or have some warm fuzzy feeling, but because we've heard your word. And so we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ who rose again and is sitting at the right hand of you, Father. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, go to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 13. Last week we started a series called Relate and we're talking about relationships and basically we kind of started by saying that relationships are an inescapable part of our lives. If you want to get away from having a relationship with anybody, you can't do it because you were born into a relationship, a relationship with your parents. So we've got relationships. We talked last, last week about our parents, and we kind of talked about how we honor them, and that's not anything that has an expiration date on it. That's not something that has an exception clause. You honor your parents until the day you die. What, regardless of the kind of parents they are and, and we talked about how our relationships kind of do two things and, and this is going to be up on the screen but um, this is from last week and we'll continue to come back to this because I want you to understand the big picture I'm a big picture kind of person so I want you to understand we're not just talking about dating and we're not just talking about friendships and we're not just going to say hey, have good friends and hey, don't have sex and hey, have good dating relationships the point of relationship is to glorify God period, end of story and so basically, the whole point of this series is how do we glorify God with our relationships? So relationships do one thing, they allow us an opportunity to glorify God. Relationships can be, can be an act of worship. And I know sometimes we get this idea of worship being something like what we've done tonight or what we do on Sunday morning, but man, all of life is worship. And if all of life is worship, and we're wired for relationship, then our relationships can be a huge act of worship, the way I relate to you, the way you relate to your parents, the way you will someday relate to your mate. That's kind of cool, relate to your mate. Um, It's a good bumper sticker. So, So it's all connected, right, to glorify God. But then also our relationships, we kind of talked about this last week, reveal a lot about how we relate to God. So for instance, if I have a hard time with dealing with my parents, and I have a hard time with their authority, it probably means I have a hard time with the authority of God in my life. It's probably an indicator of that. Or if I have a hard time with authority in general, like my boss or my employer or somebody who's over me, I probably have a hard time with God's authority. And so it reveals a lot about how we relate to God. we're going to kind of see that tonight. We're going to talk about friends tonight. And... um, I was, I was, I have a three-year-old. Some of you may not know that, but um, most of you do. You're like, yeah, you talk about her every week. She is a constant source of just like spiritual material and uh, and preaching material. We we kind of like trying to... I try to give my wife like some time off because she's like super mom and she's amazing. And tomorrow we're actually having family day. We're going to try and take a Sabbath, which has not been something we've been very good at recently. But I took her to the park yesterday and it was so amazing to me to see how this idea of friendship, Friendship and relationships start so young. How we desire friendship and relationship with people, even when we don't even know how to express that. I take her to the park and, and before I took her to the park, I told her, I said, Ava, you're going to meet some buddies. Now, here's what you got to understand about Ava. Any little kid that is about her age, whether she knows them or she doesn't know them, is her buddy. And so like, we'll be out in public and she'll point at this kid and go, Daddy, can I go say hi to that buddy? And I'm like, you, you, where's your buddies at? And she's like, no, that buddy. She thinks everybody is her friend now that that kind of like that kind of like freaks other kids out because they're not as social as Ava so she is like up in like other kids grills you know and like hi I'm Ava and like the moms are like who's this kid and I'm like sorry my kid's a little doesn't have any personal space so <laughs> so um we go to the, we went to the park yesterday and um and she immediately is just latching onto these kids. And this one girl had this shovel. And she was shoveling the dirt. And like shoveling it and pouring it over here. Which I'm not sure what she was accomplishing. But she was doing that. And so she's shoveling and she's shoveling. And, and Ava walks up to her and says, can I have one of your shovels? And she had another one there. And the girl looked at it, looked at Ava and gave it to her. This other girl walks up. You can already see this this girl drama happening at 3. This other girl walks up and says, What happened to my shovel? (laughs) Obviously, this girl had given her shovel away. So I'm watching this all unfold. I'm laughing inside. And then the girl reaches up, takes the shovel from Ava, rips it out of her hands, and gives it to the other girl. Now, you know like when you're a kid or whatever, or maybe even a teenager, you go to the ballpark and you see those crazy parents that are like screaming at the umpires and it's Little League and you're like, why do you care? (laughs) At that point, when she took that shovel out of like Ava's hand, I I became one of those parents, like inside. I didn't act. But I could see why those parents would care because it's like, that's my kid. And and, um, Ava came to me and she said, Daddy, the shovel. And I was like, I'm sorry, baby, it's not your shovel, it's her shovel. But it was amazing to see she desired acceptance, she desired friendship, she wanted to be buddies with them, and she'd been rejected. So we have this desire for friendship, this opportunity to glorify God. So if our friendships can glorify God, how do they do that? We're going we're to talk about that. Proverbs 13.20, go there. And here's what it says in Proverbs 13.20. Most of the time I'm going to read from my screen tonight, uh, because, again, I don't want to play Bible drill. Okay, so here's what Proverbs 13.20 says. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. See, Proverbs is full of this kind of wisdom literature, and it talks a lot about our relationships, specifically the people that we do life with, our friends. So this passage is kind of what we're going to come around tonight to say, okay, what does it look like for me to have biblical relationships if I'm a Christ follower? And what does it mean for me to honor God in my relationships? And how do I do that? Because there's some relationships that are good, some friendships that are awesome, some friendships that are not so good. And here's what Proverbs says. It says, whoever walks with the wise will become wise, and whoever hangs out with fools will suffer harm. So there's a couple things happening um, in this passage. First thing is this, there's, there's, a, there's a promise going on here. There's a promise, and basically here's the promise. The promise is um, that if I hang out, if I do life with people right who are wise, then that's going to rub off on me and I'm going to become wise. If, I, if I'm doing life with people, if I'm walking with people who exhibit this wisdom, this godly wisdom, we'll talk about that in a sec. But if I'm, if I'm with these people and I'm walking with them, something's going to begin to rub off on me. That's the promise from God. Whoever walks with the wise will become wise. It doesn't say they might become wise. It doesn't say it's a good possibility they'll become wise. It says whoever walks with the wise will become wise. Now what does it mean to walk with someone? Anywhere in the scriptures where you see this word, walk with, it's used in the New Testament. When Paul talks about walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, it's talking about walking with Jesus. It basically means to join your life with something and do life with that person, that thing. So when he says, walk in a manner worthy of Jesus, he says, basically, do life in a manner worthy of Jesus. Same thing. Walk with the wise means you're doing life with people who are wise. And I'm not talking about like they know how to invest their money. I'm not talking about they just know how to be successful or they've read like 21 billion irrefutable laws of a leader and they're really cool at like leadership. I'm not just talking about that. They may have those attributes. But wise people that have godly wisdom, and you may have been around some of these people before, are like in this whole other playing field. Like you get around these people and you go, man, I don't know what it is about that person. I can't put my finger on it. But there's this wisdom oozing out of them. They know how to deal with people and relationships. Why? Not because they're really smart. But typically you can always trace it back to those people who are wise biblically walk with Jesus. So you could almost translate this to say he who walks with those who walk with Jesus will get closer to Jesus. He who walks with the wise will become wise. I don't know if you've ever noticed this but if you hang out with people for a long time mannerisms, things they say, things they do begin to rub off on you Anybody, ever, anybody like that? Like you've got somebody in your life and they just kind of rub off on you? And sometimes you're like, you say something and you're like, I just said that. And I don't want to say that, right? That's what that person says. And you're just like, dude, this, this like rubs off on me all the time. Because we rub off on one another. And so here's what the Proverbs are saying. It's saying basically this promise is if you walk with the wise, second part of this verse, if you do life with people who are foolish, you will suffer harm. But he oozes authenticity and he oozes worship. Not just because he sings, because he lives a life of worship. Man, that guy makes me want to worship Jesus more. My friend Jack Blankenship, he's a youth pastor in Atlanta. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer... Than a brother, Proverbs eighteen twenty four. A man of many companions will come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks. These kind of people, like acquaintances, and sometimes having a whole lot of these kind of people makes us feel really good, because everyone deep inside of them, even the people who go, I don't care what anybody thinks, cares what people think. Right? That guy that's like, I don't care. I'm a rebel. I don't care what anybody thinks. You care what people think. So we feel good when we have a lot of these kind of people. But these relationships are a little shallow. But we kind of gather all these relationships, acquaintances. Like when I walk down the hall at school or work or the mall, I like it when people are like, hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. Like the other day we were at the bank. My wife and I are at the bank. And there's a specific bank I go to when I get cash to take people on mission trips. And I take like thousands of dollars. And they always have to be clean money because I change it over when I get to China or Africa. And so there's this guy at the bank that helps me get my money. And it sounds like he's my drug dealer, but he's not. Um, and I'll call him and I'll say, Justin, I'm going to bring in a check for five grand and I need it all to be new, clean money. He's like, okay. So we're at the bank and the teller goes, hey, Matt. And my wife's like, how do you know him? Right? But that made me feel good for a second. I was like, yeah, the guy at the bank knows me. You know,
0: <laughs>
1: we like, We're like that because we're messed up, right? We, we want this acceptance. So we get a, a lot of these kind of friends, but that's shallow. That's shallow. The guy at the bank doesn't know what I'm walking through in my life. He just knows I show up about every couple months with a check for five grand. I need clean money. He doesn't. He doesn't, And he's like, "Are you dealing drugs?" <laughs> no, I'm a missionary. Um, it's kind of same. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But, but when I get into these circles, basically my, I have to figure out, okay, do I want many friends who are shallow? Because here's what this says. A man with many companions may come to ruin. Basically, a man with a lot of shallow relationships will ultimately come to ruin because you have no one speaking into your life. But there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother basically saying this. There's the opportunity that we have to have a few people who will speak into our lives. And not just be that acquaintance. And you have the opportunity to be that in someone else's life as a biblical friend. So what does it look like to be a biblical friend? Well, the first thing is this. Throw that word up there, the next slide. Um, It means you're sensitive. Now, guys, hang with me for a second. Because you're like, sensitive? That's the first thing you throw out there? I don't want to be a biblical friend. (laughs) I'm not sensitive at all. I'm not either, right? I have to work on that. My wife helps me. And someday you'll get married and your wife will help you be sensitive. But what I'm talking about is sometimes in friendship, we go, man, if I'm close to somebody, then that means it's no holds bar. I can say what I want to say. I can do what I want to do. Because this guy knows me. He's my friend. And some of you all have lived together and you know... How it gets to that point when you're like, yeah, we're close, we can say whatever we want to say, but deep down inside, especially guys do this, and I don't know why guys do this, but we tend to make fun of one another to show that we like one another. Girls don't do that, but guys do. You know. You never see a girl walk up and be like, Oh, you're so ugly, you know. Girls would be like <laughs> Guys are like, Yeah, I know. You know. You are too. I don't know why we do this. But basically sometimes we're insensitive, and we don't even know it because we think we're so close to the person. Check out this next verse in uh in Proverbs, go to that next slide. It says this. If I can get to mine. there we go. Proverbs twenty-five, seventeen. I saw this this week and it made me laugh. Let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, lest he have his fill of you and hate you. <laughs> That's an encouraging verse. <laughs> Let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house. What does seldom mean? Few. Few. Yeah. So basically, this verse is saying, look, have boundaries in your friendship. To be a biblical friend means I have boundaries. So I'm sensitive and I understand where you're sensitive. Even if you're a dude and you have a relationship with a dude and you're like friends with a guy, some guys are sensitive and they won't tell you that, right? And you're like bashing them or whatever or talk. Understand the boundaries of your friendship, even if you're close. Okay? The next thing is this. Um, to be a friend that is biblical um, is not just to be sensitive, but we're going to hang here for a second. It's to be someone who is a truth teller. Someone who is a truth teller. This verse here in, in, in Proverbs says this. Look at Proverbs 27, 5-6. I know we're jumping through Proverbs a lot, so you can write these down if you want to and go back to them, or I can email you my notes. It's cool with me. <coughs> Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Now this part's huge. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but profuse, or many, are the kisses of an enemy. Some translations, I think the NIV says that faithful are the wounds of a friend, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Now what is this saying? A biblical friend is somebody who's going to tell you the truth. I want friends, like my friend Jack, who sat down with me yesterday, or not yesterday, last week, and said, when was the last time you just had a day where you didn't do anything? Because he saw me and he saw I was tired. He saw my wife was tired and my kid was tired. We've been going all over the place. I want somebody like that. So I need people in my life who are going to look at me and go, because I love you, I'm going to tell you the truth, dot, dot, dot. Biblical friendship is truth-telling. And if you want a biblical friend or you want to be a biblical friend, you're going to have to come to a point in a friendship where it's going to be awkward and it'll be weird, but because you love that person, you're going to say, you know what? I see a pattern in your life, and because I love you, I'm going to tell you and not gloss over it. This says this Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Meaning this, at times, a friend will have to cut you, it'll hurt. Like, like, when Jack said that to me last week, it was kind of like I drew back. I was kind of like, no, 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 no. Because we always have this thing in our lives where we want to be right and never wrong. But then I realized he was right. And I've had friends do that to me before. You've probably had people do that to you before. They come to you and go, you know what? This is not right in your life. Now, be really careful <laughs> about what you go to people with. Because in the Scriptures it says, if you see your brother sin, go to them. If you see them sin, It was a sin that I have not taken a Sabbath in like four months. That's a sin. And Jack noticed that and he called me out on it. But don't go to somebody and start calling them out just because you don't like their personality or their attitude, so to speak. Sometimes we get like that. Well, I just don't like so-and-so, so so I'm going to call them out. That's not sin. That's just they're different than you. But if your brother sins, go to them. Faithful are the wounds of a friend but an enemy multiplies kisses you want a true test on if someone is a true friend at least a biblical friend from Proverbs when you're in a position in your life and you go I need some advice what should I do here maybe it's a relationship and you know you're in a relationship that's not healthy and you need to get out of it and that friend goes you know what it's okay it's fine it'll, be, it'll, it'll, it'll smooth out it'll get better multiplies kisses oh it's okay it's gonna be okay. Well, y'all messed up. You shouldn't have done that, but it's okay. It'll get better. No, I want somebody who's gonna go. You need to get out of that relationship. And I'm only saying that because I love you. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but an enemy will multiply kisses. Now, if I'm gonna be a truth teller, it also remains um, that uh, keep going. Next slide. That I'm going to be loyal. See, these two things go together: loyalty and truth-telling. See, if I'm not somebody who's going to tell you the truth, I'm not a biblical friend, and also probably means I'm not a loyal friend. So the next thing is loyalty during adversity. Loyalty during adversity. Check out Proverbs. Um, check out Proverbs seventeen seventeen. Proverbs seventeen seventeen. A friend loves at all times. And a brother is born from adversity. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born from adversity. See, people who are biblical friends will not only tell you the truth, but they're going to be loyal to you. But it's really easy to be loyal in a friendship when things are easy. Right? It's really easy to be loyal in a friendship when, when things are going good. But when there's adversity, then that's the really true test of whether or not a friend is a true friend. Loyalty and adversity. It says a friend loves at all times and a brother is born in adversity. It's in those times where a relationship goes through some stuff, a friendship goes through some stuff, where you maybe go through a hard time or maybe your friend goes through a hard time and there's that adversity. And it's in the middle of that adversity that that friendship gets solidified even more and it could be adversity between you and your friend it could be adversity or an argument between you and a friend and you work it out but you're loyal but you're loyal a true biblical friend is somebody who tells the truth but they're also loyal during adversity I I had a friend who when I was in college we were really good friends before we went to college and so we said hey uh, why don't we room together in college Bad idea. I don't know if you've ever roomed with somebody who's your friend. It's really difficult to be a friend while you're rooming with that person at times. Because you may go, dude, I like hanging out with you at the coffee shop, but I hate living with you. Because you throw your stuff on the floor and you're stinky. Um, and that's that's kind of what happened. Like, I got, I got in this apartment and um, started to realize, hey, I didn't want to live with this guy. And we had this relationship already. We were friends. And we were like good friends, not like acquaintances. Like this guy was pouring into my life and I was pouring into his life. And what was happening was we were about to not be friends anymore just because of stupid stuff because we were living together and we just didn't get along. And basically we said, okay, we can't do this anymore. And so through that adversity, it actually caused our friendship to become more strong, more knit together. He ended up moving down the hall. That helped. But what we decided was, you know what? We can't live together because we're just butting heads all the time. We're just not that kind of personality. But I still need you in my life. Adversity caused there to be more loyalty. The loyalty level rose up during the adversity. So here's something you have to ask yourself Do I have real biblical friends? These people who are in my circle of influence, are they truth tellers? When was the last time one of your friends just got in your grill and said, dude, what is going on? How's your walk with God? What's up with your relationships? When was the last time a friend just came to you when you're walking through something rough and said, Hey, I just want you to know I'm here for you no matter what? When was the last time that you hurt your friend and they turned around and they said, I'm still here for you? See, one of the things we ended with last week was, if you're going to love your parents and honor your parents, you've got to be able to forgive your parents. Well, check this out. If you're going to be a biblical friend, and if you want biblical friends, here's the last kind of key element. It's forgiveness. Because here's the deal. In relationships, whether it's parents or friends, someday when you get married, relationships do not work without forgiveness. Period. Because here's the deal, you are a jacked up person, and so am I. And so when sinful people get together and start doing a relationship, and start doing life together, you know what happens? We start bumping into each other, and it gets messy, and it gets complicated, and it's just a mess sometimes. And you know what works through all of that stuff? It's forgiveness. I cannot walk into a relationship and expect to withhold forgiveness when Jesus has given me so much forgiveness and expect that relationship to work. Some of you right now are sitting here and you've got friendships that have been ruined that were people who were truth tellers in your life, they were loyal to you, they're your friends, but because you cannot forgive them or they cannot forgive you, you'd no longer have a friendship with them. That is sinful. That's sinful. You can't do relationship without forgiveness, whether it's your parents, whether it's your friends, whether it's your spouse someday. It's kind of like the oil in a car. When it runs out, the engine falls out, and it stops. When forgiveness is not central in a relationship, those relationships will die because you need forgiveness, and I need forgiveness not just from Jesus, but when Jesus gives me forgiveness, the vertical piece of the cross is, I get it with God, Jesus gives me forgiveness, it causes me to give horizontal forgiveness. Check out this last verse. Throw the last verse up on the screen. Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. Some of us tonight may be holding a grudge with a person. Maybe somebody who's here, somebody who's not here. They used to be a close friend. They used to be somebody you did life with, but now they're not. And you continue to bring up that thing. Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats the matter separates close friends. The repeating of a sin or something you can't forgive. And and you know what's interesting about forgiveness in relationships, whether it's parents or friends? We're really good at holding on to this... uh, This thing that somebody's done to us. You want to know why? Because it helps us feel justified in our anger. If I let go, then I have nothing to be angry about anymore. And for some reason, when my friend does me wrong, I hold forgiveness. Why? Because it's the only weapon I have to not forgive him or her. Your relationships, if they are not bathed in forgiveness, will die. Because we're just all jacked up people and we need forgiveness. And for a relationship to happen, to be biblical and God-honoring, and an act of worship, it means every single day I'm going to have to wake up and go, God, because you forgave me so much today, I'm going to forgive my friends, my parents, my spouse, whoever is in relationship in your life. I'm going to treat them with grace, not withhold grace, but give it away because you've given it to me, period. So maybe tonight you need to go to somebody and tell them, tell them the truth, be a truth teller not multiply kisses but be a faithful friend and maybe wound somebody because you love them or maybe tonight you need to be somebody who just walks alongside somebody and puts your arm around them and says I know you're going through some junk and I'm here, I haven't walked away on you or maybe you need to be somebody who goes to a friend or a former friend and says you know what I don't know what you're going to do with this but I forgive you I forgive you because I want this thing to honor God. You know what's really interesting about all these kind of characteristics, truth-telling, loyalty, forgiveness, compassion, sensitivity? It all mirrors Jesus. The Bible says Jesus is a friend. We've been made friends with God. You used to be enemies of God. Now you've been made friends with God if you're a Christ follower. And if you're not a Christ follower in here tonight, here's the one thing that you can know, is that Christianity is not about this list of rules. It's about a God who wants to know you in a friendship. That's a mind-blowing thing. But all of these things, truth-telling, loyalty, sens- sensitivity, compassion, forgiveness, these all mirror Jesus Christ. And so what is it saying? It's saying your relationship should mirror Jesus Christ in everything. Biblical friendship. Let's pray. These guys are going to come up and lead us in some worship. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed, just as um, the band comes up. Maybe there's somebody that um, is here tonight that, that you need to go and offer or extend forgiveness to. Or maybe ask them to forgive you. Um... Maybe there's somebody who's here tonight that, that you need, just need to pull them aside and say, Hey, uh, because I love you, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. You say, That would be weird. It's worship time. We're supposed to be nice to one another. You know what? When the church in Acts 2 got together, I guarantee you there were some people doing some truth-telling, and there were some people doing some some forgiveness. There was. It's just messy. And, and we want church to be real neat and clean, but it's just not. So maybe you need to do that tonight. Maybe they're not here, but the first thing you need to do tomorrow morning is, uh, is find them, call them, email them, whatever. Because what's at stake? Not just friendships. What's at stake is the glory of God. If our friendships reflect the glory of God, then what's ultimately at stake is the glory of God. I'm going to pray for you, and then these guys are going to lead us in some more worship. But if you need to do some business with God, talk to somebody, pray with somebody, um, feel the freedom to do that in the next, the next few moments while we uh, worship together corporately. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for these college students, God. This issue of friendship um, is bigger than we think sometimes, God. The people that we attach our lives to and walk with and do life with, God, have the power to direct and shape the way we think. And ultimately our lives. So God, I pray that that these students in here, especially during these years where they're figuring out what they're going to do and and who they're going to be, God, would, would seek out people who exude wisdom. And God, I pray that they not only would look for biblical friends, but they would be that friend, that truth teller, that person with compassion and sensitivity, that they would be those people. So God... As we just worship a little bit more tonight, I pray um, that you would help us to do whatever it is maybe you've asked us to do in relation to friendship. We pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. You guys stand to your feet. We're going to worship some more.